0: Welcome to the podcast, Your Time with James Sweetman. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Your Time with James Sweetman. Thank you for tuning in. Those of you who are regular listeners will know that this month I've been marking the 20th anniversary since I resigned from my corporate job. Um, and it's fascinating looking back and sharing that story in the last two weeks. Uh, This week, it's really all about lessons learned, those insights and nuggets of wisdom that I wish I'd known back then. So if you're contemplating a career change, then I hope these will be of benefit to you, perhaps even some handrails to support you on your own career journey. As a quick recap, um, two weeks ago, I spoke about finding the courage to leap from the career ladder that I had climbed, moving from that space of comfort zone where habits and routines are familiar into the unknown, jumping from certainty to uncertainty and grappling with the self-consciousness and vulnerability and self-doubt that goes with that and Then last week, I spoke about how I discovered the world of coaching and my Eureka moment sitting under a tree in a park in Sydney in Australia and the highs and lows of building a business, of turning my passion into my profession. Of course, wearing my coaching hat and having worked with many people over the years in the areas of career change and career fulfillment, our beliefs and our habits of thinking around work, you know, they can be supportive and empowering. But of course, they can also be disempowering, like roadblocks built from fear, you know, that we erect against ourselves to box ourselves in. So in this week's episode, before I share some of the lessons that I've learned with my career change, uh, let's broaden our thinking a little to shake up some of our stale beliefs around career and the world of work. And then later, I'll share with you 10 questions to stimulate your own thinking and perhaps give you some ammunition to instigate your own career evolution or even revolution. Over the last 20 odd years, I've worked with many organisations, often zooming in and out for a day's training or working with a leadership team, doing work in the area of staff morale. One of the things that I've noted is that so many people go to work and do just about enough so that they won't be fired, and then in return they are paid just about enough so that they won't quit. This approach will never result in a rewarding or successful career. Here's a few questions for you to ponder you know, and it gets us to think about some of the maybe mindsets that we've developed when it comes to work. You know, has your work made you a softer or a harder person? Has a diet of frustration, setbacks, obstacles caused you to put up a protective shell or defense barrier? Are you resigned to fate uh, as you drift towards retirement or haven't given up on any career ambitions? Have you felt empowered by your work, or do you feel that you're just dying a little bit more on the inside every day? Now, wearing my coaching hat, of course, and from my own experience, our view of the world, our uh, emotional response to the world really is determined by what we choose to focus on. So here's a few more questions to contemplate that can just broaden our perspective when it comes to work. You know, what if there was no such thing as a horrible job or a bad career? What if you look forward to going to work in the morning as opposed to dreading it? What if you chose to be positive, enthusiastic and helpful, irrespective of the actions of your manager or co-workers or even customers? You know, what if you could inject new life into your current role These questions may be semi-rhetorical, but they're powerful nonetheless because they just cause us to question our own thinking. One other thought to remember, too, is that for millions of people, you know, the role you're in could well be their definition of an ideal job. So many people are eager to get onto a career ladder who, through no fault of their own, have found themselves in circumstances they, they didn't think they would ever be in. A lot of that, as a result of COVID nineteen, so sometimes we can be grateful for what we have because we, you know, we're so used to it we cannot appreciate it. But maybe way back when, you know, you wanted to be in that role, you did an interview for it, and you know, there's that old phrase of familiarity breeds contempt. But perhaps there are still many aspects of your current role that you can enjoy and savor, and build upon. But we're going to look at that more in a little while. So here are five insights, five things that I've learned after instigating my own career revolution that started back in the year 2000. And thankfully, I've come out the far side to tell the tale. So the first one is that there will always be obstacles and setbacks. Now, I gave many examples of these in particularly last week's episode. But of course, it's not uncommon to hear the story of someone who's changed career and then they found that their new, new career is peppered with major obstacles and setbacks, even before it takes off. Sometimes these challenges act as catalysts for change. Other times they're, they're a test of our own levels of perseverance and determination. In my experience, when you come across obstacles to career success, you know, never do anything rash. You don't want to just react to it. You now it's easy to respond with anger or to throw in the towel and to give up when things don't go your way, but these are never useful responses to challenges. Take some time to acknowledge how you are feeling if you can. Speak to someone, hear yourself think, remind yourself that we're always more than our careers and that one setback doesn't make your career reinvention a failure. My second lesson would be that significant meaningful change usually takes time. You know, we often overestimate what we can achieve in a short period of time, but dramatically underestimate what we can achieve over a longer period. You know, it's very rare to come across someone who is a true overnight success. You know, when I think back of my own career to my own career changes, I spent the best part of two years planning and saving and studying to get to the point where I could make the jump into the world of running my own business. It took me at least another three years to make that business viable and then more time after that to grow the business and the income levels to, I suppose, a level that I was, I was happy with or that felt sustainable to me. So it is about a long term investment in your own career, particularly if you're looking to transform your own passion into your profession. The third insight is one that I often struggle with, and interestingly, I think many people struggle with it too, but that's to simply acknowledge our successes. When working towards making career changes, our focus is naturally on where we are going and closing that gap between where we feel we are now and where we want to be. We rarely look over our shoulder and acknowledge the effort that has taken us to be where we are today acknowledging everything in your life that's working well, that was once a goal or a dream and which you've now achieved or manifested is a great way of reminding ourselves of what we are capable of doing and what's possible for us. So to, be, to acknowledge the journey we've already walked. The fourth insight that I've picked up from hindsight and looking back on my own career revolution was to ignore the naysayers. Now, I had so many people questioning my sanity when I looked to leave the world of work and when I was looking to establish my own business in the world of coaching. You know, of course, we should always listen to those people in our lives who care for us and who want the best for us. Um, But we should take scant notice of those who pour doom and gloom on our goals, ambitions and dreams. You know, yes, we should pay attention to others who've already progressed, maybe along the path that we intend to travel. But, you know, we can ignore the naysayers, especially, you know, when when they are people who perhaps through fear or for whatever reason have never attempted to um, try or to endeavour to create something that you're looking to, to create for yourself. So that fourth insight is about turning down the volume on the naysayers. I'm sure there's many more insights and lessons that I have picked up, but I'm not even aware of it when I look back on the changes I've instigated in my own life, particularly around career. But this last one that I'll share with you, I suppose it's a bit of a cliche, but like I always say, cliches are based on nuggets of truth. And that one is to savor the process, you know, And, and for me, I think this has been the most significant lesson, not just in terms of my career, but as a life lesson. You know, yes, it's important to have a goal or a dream, you know, something that you're working towards. But unless you're enjoying the process of working towards it, success and achievement will be a hollow victory. Successful marathon runners may have a target time for completing the race, but unless they enjoyed the actual process of running, if you think about it, it would be sort of a pointless feat of endurance. For me, it's the same for work and indeed for life. So I hope you found those few insights beneficial those nuggets of wisdom that I've gleaned from having made a substantial career change myself 20 years ago. I want to close this week's episode by sharing with you 10 questions, and these are designed to help you maybe view your own career to date from a a different perspective. And for me, these 10 questions are based on the themes of contrast and clarity and maybe even that third word that begins with the letter C, a calling, so that it becomes a little bit clearer to you. So here's a few few, um, powerful questions to, to mull over. What elements of your current job do you enjoy the most? What elements of past roles have given you the most satisfaction? What parts of your current work do you not particularly enjoy? What elements of roles in the past would you prefer to leave in the past? Those four questions for me are great at giving us a little bit more clarity around what lights us up. You know, using our experiences to date as a way of doing a little bit of fine-tuning. What do I want more of and what do I want less of? if we're looking in at seeking more clarity or or bringing our calling into focus a little more these next few questions will help you know what tasks or activities are you regularly complimented on what do you do that is so instinctive that you don't even have to think about it activities have you enjoyed so much that you couldn't get enough of them? In what area of your work have you gone the extra mile, you know, without ever being prompted to do so? What activities just wouldn't seem like work to you? Those few questions for me always shine a light on the areas that we do most instinctively, where we're exercising our unique gifts and talents, and maybe we're not even aware of it. So then lastly, you know, looking back over your career to date, you know, is there a theme or a trend to the work that you've undertaken Sometimes we just need a new question or two to help us gain new perspective on where we're at, where we've come from, and maybe where we're heading. That question, what activities just wouldn't seem like work, always reminds me of a lady I worked with a good few years ago, and she had come to me because she wasn't fulfilled in her current line of work. I can't remember what it was, but she was looking to instigate some changes. And as often happens in the course of a coaching conversation, you know, we do that piece on contrast and what elements light you up and what aspects of current or past roles would you prefer to, to leave behind and to look at those areas that we do most naturally. And this lady, I always remember she was, she was very glamorous, beautiful makeup, beautifully dressed, beautifully groomed. And as I say, I can't remember what the nature of her job was, but she said one of the things she did instinctively was like watch, you know, beauty programs, makeover shows. She was helping out a friend, I think, who had a nail bar or a nail salon. And she was trying to figure out what her next step was. And her belief structure around work was that work needs to be a chore or, you know, strive until you arrive, you know. And she couldn't see because she was so in it herself that, you know, she had this natural talent for makeup and grooming and uh, beauty, uh, you know, in the field of being a a beautician almost. Uh, But yet she couldn't see it. But they were the things that she was constantly complimented on, where her opinion was sought that she did most naturally. And that brings me into one final concept to share with you this week when it comes to careers. And it's that concept of what I phrase of working in suburbia. Now, what do I mean by that? You know, it's we may have an inkling of, you know, what our ideal career is, but sometimes we'll end up working in a role that's close to or related to our ideal job. And that's what I mean by suburbia as opposed to city centre. You know, and I've seen this pattern with many clients who are working on the edges of what it is they really want to do. You know, perhaps it's the the lighting technician who really wants to be an actor, or the PA who really wants to be a project manager, or the estate agent who really wants to develop properties, you know, the garden centre employee who wants to be a, a landscaper, you know, the music teacher who simply wants to be a musician, or the librarian who wants to be a writer. So one last question to leave with you this week is, you know, if you're operating in the suburbia of your career, where would be city centre? That's a deep one to finish with. So I hope you found this week's episode of Benefit. We looked at widening some of our beliefs around uh, work and our mindset when it comes to career. Uh, Those five insights that I've picked up, I think many of them the hard way. And then a few questions there to maybe help you bring into focus some next steps for you, whether it's career revolution or, as as is the case most of the time, uh, career evolution. So thank you for tuning in. I'm James Sweetman. If you think anyone that you know would benefit from listening to this week's episode, if they're maybe contemplating some career change, Uh, feel free to pass my details on to them. More information, of course, is on my website, jamessweetman.com. And if you've enjoyed this week's episode, you know, a thumbs up, a like, or a little comment would be very much appreciated. So until next week.